I am Sarah Jane Case, and this is Enneagram and Coffee. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, we are talking with Annie F. Downs, New York Times bestselling author, sought-after speaker, host of the perfectly named That's So Fun podcast. And if you haven't guessed it already, Enneagram Type 7, Annie, I am so glad you're here. Welcome to the show. Hi, Sarah Jane. Thank you so much for having me. I feel because the last time we were together, I was on your podcast. Yeah, you're on That Sounds Fun for our Ennea Summer 2020 series. Yeah. And I like cannot believe that the tables have turned. I know. I'm so thankful. I think it's really fun. I read, okay, can I just say that you sent your book to me? That sounds fun. I said, that's so fun. That sounds fun. And it, I ate it up. I read it in like oh, a, okay. less than a week, like, which is crazy for me. Yeah. Thank it was you. That so means a good. lot. Thanks. Uh, yeah. I'm really proud of it. I feel like it's a very Enneagram seven book that also mm-hmm. invites other people to like, this isn't about my personality type. This is about a way you could live no matter what. Yes. Like, I really did feel that. I felt like, oh, this is taking it into the next level of like what it really means to live into the healthiness of it being a seven. Oh, that means a lot. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, we open every episode with rose, bud, and thorn. Yes. So your rose is just something that's good right now. Bud is something you're looking forward to. And thorn is like not our favorite part of the day. <laughs> okay. So I'm ready. I've been really thinking about it, which this is going to everything. I know this happens with every episode, but I'm like, this is the most 70 way for me to handle this. Okay. So a rose, something great is that I have a day off tomorrow. As I, you and I were just talking about, I have a day off tomorrow. We haven't really taken days off as a company since the year started. Um, and so we all take tomorrow off. So I love it because I'm not working tomorrow, but I also love it because my team is working tomorrow. I always feel mm. a little bit of guilt when I take the day off, but everyone else doesn't. And so I'm really looking forward to having tomorrow off and knowing my whole team gets to rest as well. Oh, that's so good. I love that. Yeah, I think that's fine. Okay, Everybody's so my bud, something I'm looking forward to also involves not working. <laughs> Because I just booked a trip to the beach for later in the summer. Uh, I just hadn't made a vacation plan. And and an interesting thing about not being married yet and not having a family yet is it is hard to get vacation because mm. you don't know if you want to go by yourself. My personality doesn't love going by myself. And then getting everybody's calendars together. And, and there's also something about like spring break makes families go on vacation because the kids are out of school. Well, we don't. If you're not married and don't have kids, you don't have anything like that that forces you to take time away from work. And so so that's a bud I have coming as a little beach trip. But I also needed it to like make myself say, look, you can take time off of work. You're going to be fine. Everything's going to be fine. So that's my bud that's coming up. Oh, I love it. All right. What's the, what's the down one? Okay. The thorn. Well, you know, for starters, I don't want to talk about a thorn, (laughs) but uh, to me, the thing that came to my mind is always in the back of my mind. When I'm at my house, I know I could be cleaning out my closets. And so the idea that my closets need to be organized, but aren't like, I just have to, when I'm at my house, I just have to choose like, Today is not a day that you're organizing your closets. Today is the day that you are going to watch Netflix or do your laundry or clean the kitchen or 
but man, so my, my thorn today is I have a lot of thoughts about my closets, not, not being organized. Okay. So I want to talk about this because we know you have a day off tomorrow Yes, and we know how us sevens like to fill our time up. Yes. When do you really feel rested? Like when is the time that you're like, I am deeply, deeply rested right now? Yeah. You know, that's honestly why that I ended up having to make the decision about the beach by myself yesterday, even before mm-hmm. friends jump in and go with me is that I, someone asked me yesterday when we were doing a podcast interview, his name is John Eldridge. He's another um, author. And he said, if you could write yourself a prescription to help you heal from the pandemic, what would that prescription be? Mm. Right? How profound is that? Oh my gosh. And, and so I sat with it all evening and I thought, you know, when I feel the most rest, what I feel like I need is rest. And when I feel the most rested is when I've had multiple days in a row where I'm off the internet and where I'm just reading books. And, mm-hmm. and eating good food and being with people, but where I'm not on social media and I'm not at work where I'm just kind of getting a break. And so then I was like, this is like real proof that you just need to do what you want to do this mm-hmm. summer and then invite your friends along and tell them what you're doing. And so, so that's how the bud ended up happening <laughs> because I realized the prescription I needed next to help me heal is mm-hmm. some, some real extended rest. Oh, that's so important. And I, you know, you talk in your book about the difference between taking a trip to get away from what you're feeling and taking a trip for for that rest, right? There is there's nothing wrong with traveling, right? And Weren't we, you so we, proud of me for knowing when I t- for knowing escapism when I do it? <laughs> oh my gosh, honestly, like even doing this work, reading the book was so good for my little seven heart. Yeah. Because it's just such a comfort and a reminder of what what we are at our healthiest, you know, when we are doing our best. Yes. Because there's a version of Annie not many years ago who I'm not sure she would have, I didn't know escapism. I just knew Mm -hmm. I always wanted to go. And now I'm more able to go, okay, okay, let's breathe. There's something else here. And and I can just identify when, am I just going on a trip because I want to have fun or am I going on a trip because I'm trying to run from something? Mm-hmm. And, and even this, like even this conversation about planning a vacation, I'm not trying to run from pain. There's nothing here that hurts me. I love my job. I love my coworkers. What I need is rest. And so I'm not mm-hmm. running from my life. I'm running to rest. Yeah, that's so good. I'm not running for my life. I'm running to rest. Mm-hmm. Oof. And, and I think that is like so – even just hearing you say you know your intention behind it, mm-hmm. I feel like that's so big. Like we escape almost compulsively, yes. but if we know why we're doing it. We have an intention. And so sometimes we're not- – I don't know if this is true for you, Sarah Jane, but sometimes I'm like – I know I, I know my intention. I'm trying to escape pain and I'm actually mm-hmm. just going to let myself do it. I'm going to let myself do oh, it. Oh, yeah. And, oh. and, you know, sometimes that, you know, going to mm-hmm. a movie or buying Oreos or whatever my particular like escapism at the time is, I, I'm way less concerned mm-hmm. about my behavior and way more concerned about knowing why I'm doing what I'm doing. Yes, 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 yes. And, you know, we have been going through so much as a society that like I get questions all the time of like, how can I be the healthiest version of myself right now? Right. And it's like, you know what? We have coping mechanisms for a reason mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because they help That's us exactly cope. Right. Yeah. People act like we aren't allowed to have, co- oh, like, is that a coping mechanism? I'm like, yeah, because we need them. 
It's mm-hmm. when your coping mechanisms become your whole life yes. that that's a problem. When your coping mechanisms are just to help you cope, that's mm-hmm. fine. But when that's the way you're living, that's when you need to like get some help. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It's like that over-functioning. It's when that muscle is going too hard when it's unnecessary. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Yeah. Mm. One other piece of your book that I loved so much, it, and I'm not trying to give too much of it away. Sure. But <laughs> I totally can. It's fine. Is um, where you talked about, you know, your friend saying, savor this. Yeah. That has been a mantra for me ever since. Can you tell us a little bit about that for people at home? Yeah. So what ha- I, I have three tattoos and they are all white ink because I just like them being invisible to the world. I, I like having them, but I like everybody in the world not knowing that I have them. And, um, and so a, a friend of mine, a couple of years ago, when I actually was going through a breakup and she's also an Enneagram seven. And she said, I, I think you really need to savor this. Like, don't rush through this. You don't, you don't rush through the good things. Cause I can do that too, Sarah Jane. I don't know if you can do that, but I like when the Olympics start, I get disappointed that they're going to end, <laughs> you know, like I'm always like, can't like the anticipation of, of an event very mm-hmm. often for me is actually better than the event. Yes. And, and so she was really encouraging me like, Hey, you need to slow down and enjoy these things you're getting to do. Enjoy these experiences and even, even savor the pain because it's teaching you something. It's telling you something. It's growing you in a way that you may not totally understand, but you don't need to rush through. And so it just is, it's really helped me so much. It's helped me enjoy. It's helped me in pain. I mean, I think one of the reasons you and I particularly suffered in the pandemic is all of our anticipation was taken away. There, yes. was, there was nothing to look forward to. There barely is now, mm-hmm. but there was literally for months, nothing to look forward to. And I found that to be as hard as any of the other losses that I faced. Luckily, I didn't lose any family members to COVID and I'm very thankful for that. But when I'm talking emotionally, you know, nothing, Mm -hmm. nothing was as hard probably as that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what your, your book does so well is it reminds us of that like higher level version of ourselves which we, I, I, I say, like, I'm at the low levels and the high levels in a given day. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. this is a journey yes. I'm on every single day. Yep. Um, but it does, it reminds me of what's available to us as sevens in the present moment. Like, that mm-hmm. reveling in what's here and now, that's where we shine. But it is the anticipation that gets us caught up. And I think for, yeah, like, I think when I focus on the pandemic on what I want, wish I could be doing down the road or not having anything to look forward to, it's, one of, it feels like quicksand, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like just like, I'm, I'm going to get sucked in. Yes. This is it. (laughs) Yes. That's exactly right. And I will not be able to get myself out. I mean, it may, I can't remember which it may be you, but there's an Enneagram teacher that often says sevens feel like they're carrying around a bucket that always has a hole in the bottom. Mm. And, and I think that feels very true to me. Yeah. Yeah. And no matter where I am on the health spectrum, I can always feel like I'm, I'm, I can't keep up with what's, with what's draining out of the bucket. And, um, and anticipation is one of the things that helps me fill my bucket. And it felt like losing that led me to, led me to some more in health than I like to be in. Yeah. 
Do you, where did you find the most comfort over the last year? Oh, that's a great question. Oh my gosh, where did I find the most comfort? What a horrible thing to ask me. Uh, no, I mean, it's, it's so good. Where did I find the most comfort? Um, I mean, I don't live with anyone else right now. So there wasn't any, um, like a daily relationship that I found the most comfort in. Mm -hmm. In a funny way, I feel like one of the healthiest things is I think I come, I'm coming out of the pandemic more comfortable with myself than I've mm. ever been. Like just more like, okay with alone time, okay with quiet. Um, and, and I don't think I would have ever chosen that for myself, but I think the pandemic handed that to me. And I found a lot of comfort. I don't know if you did. I found a lot of comfort in puzzles and yes. yeah, I, I'm just like making things. I started cross-stitching again. That felt really, because it, partly because my grandmother taught me 30 years ago how to do it. Mm -hmm. And, and I've just enjoyed making things again. And so th those come to mind, but I think I found the most comfort in being with myself. Yeah. I, you know, I, I just, it made me think about the, um, what is like the dealing with green beans? What is it called when we stringing beans? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. String beans. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you talk about that snap in your book peas, too. Yeah. yeah. Snap and peas. Yeah. And I did that as a kid growing up and it almost reminds me of that, like, you have something to do with your hands while your brain's doing other things. Yes, yes. And I feel like cross-stitching would be so comforting in that way. Yeah, there's a, a friend of mine says, if you work with your mind, rest with your hands. And if you work with your hands, rest with your mind. Oh and God. the way that plays out to me is you and I spend our, and a lot of our friends mm -hmm. spend a lot of our day on our computers, creating things, writing things, thinking about things. And then when it is time to rest and when it is time to play and have fun, I need to make something like mm -hmm. I need my hands, my feet, my body, whether it's gardening or cross stitching or, or a puzzle or in the kitchen, like I need to do something. And a lot of our friends who are professional athletes or who are at, um, doctors, who are teachers that are on their feet all day, when they are resting, they need to be sitting and reading. They need to be sitting and listening to an audiobook or or doing a puzzle as well, you know, but but doing something where their hands and feet get to rest and their brain gets to do a little more of the work. Mm -hmm. That's so isn't that helpful? Profound. I know. Yeah. That makes me feel so like, oh, free and and like, oh yeah, I that's why I feel the need to expend physical energy. I just uh -huh. call myself a Labrador retriever. <laughs> I think that's true of us too. I do think oh, that fits in our personality, but I think there's really something pretty profound about oh, the reason I can't wait to get outside after work isn't because I'm dying to exercise. It's because I I got to move my body to let my brain not be the the one working the hardest. Yeah. And, you know, we're in such creative industries too. I imagine there's so much, you know, it's so easy to not think your own thoughts right now. Yes. Yes. Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah. Because that's what happens when I go hike here at Radnor Lake or when I go out and walk or run is that it only takes about 10 minutes and I'm really in my head mm -hmm. and I'm here and I'm hearing my thoughts that I'm not listening to when everything is loud. Mm -hmm. With your, our minds are so fast oh my and gosh, we yes. have so many ideas. What is the, what is that space between idea and bringing it into the world? What does that look like for you? 
it, I can't tell you how much um, peace and calm I came over me when I learned that our brains work fast as sevens. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I, I just needed permission. I needed someone to say like, everyone isn't like this. Mm-hmm. And, and this isn't always good. And you need to recognize that this is, this is not a speed you need to go faster in. Like this is already fast, <sighs> you know? Because yeah. if you think everyone thinks like we do as sevens, if you think everyone's, then you think, well, I, if, if we're all moving this fast, then then what, are, what else are they thinking of? And what do I need to be doing? And, and then you go, no, actually, I need to slow down. You know, when we're in health, we look more like a five, right? And so we are thoughtful and, and slow in decision making. And, and so to me, when, that, when I'm able to slow down and if I have an idea and I want to execute it, the next thing I do is I slow down and I invite mm-hmm. other people in. Is this a good idea? Mm-hmm. Is this a, because if I don't, Sarah, I mean, you're probably like this too. If I don't invite other people in, I will bulldoze through my life. And just like <laughs> make decision, make decision, make decision. And suddenly I've made all the decisions and I have no idea if anybody else is having any fun at all, but we've sure had a busy week. Yeah. Yeah. So it helps it- a lot to me to slow down. Mm. I feel like, tell me if you relate, but I feel like my response is always like more like, okay, we have a problem. I need to add more in to solve it. Yes. Yes. We need more money. We need more people. I need more time. I need, yeah, absolutely. I, if, if I have a problem, more will solve it. That's a great way to say it. If I have a problem, more will solve it. I guess that matches the tune. Yeah. Yes. Oh, um, so do you go to specific types of people? Like, do you feel like there's certain Enneagram types that you like kind of rein you back in or do you just have like certain people that you trust and respect to play that role for you? Um, I really appreciate how nines stretch me. Mm-hmm. Um, I really appreciate how, I mean, in my experience, which is just one human, um, in my experience, Enneagram nines really like sevens. Because mm-hmm. they think we're fun and we'll help them plan some stuff. And and they're happy-go-lucky to do what we want, right? Mm-hmm. And so they're probably having a great time. But what I've learned, I have, I have a couple of nines really up close in my life. And what's been helpful for me and what's grown me, particularly if I have an idea or if I have a plan, is if I will go to that nine and invite them to make the decision for me or with me, it makes me wait a lot longer to make a decision. It, yeah. It, oh my gosh. It slows me down so much. And it, it teaches me how to listen and teaches me how mm-hmm. to, how to be uh, more even in my own thoughts and, and more balanced. So I like going to nines more than I like going to fours or fives, probably a three when I'm trying to make a big decision or when I've got something going on in my mind, a three will be helpful if I'm ready to execute. But if I need wisdom, mm-hmm. most of it, well, threes are wise. Don't hear me say they're not wise, but they're going to move as fast as me. Right, right. And yeah, so if I need, yeah, right. We're going to me a seven, a three and an eight. I mean, we could take over <laughs> the actual world right? We get a, we're going to hurt everybody in the process, but we're going to get it done. And so, and so when I'm trying to be a better Annie, I need a nine. When I'm trying to be a more accomplished Annie, who's, who's healthy and bringing healthy people in, I need to be around threes and threes and eights. Oh yeah. That's so that, I mean, that resonates so much. I, I really do think that nines have so much to teach Mm -hmm. and I, 
I love, so I love that you said that, like, there's so much wisdom that we can get, we can gain from, from the nines in our lives. Oh, it just, it, it is absolutely like a uh, sandpaper for me in a good way. It still hurts, mm-hmm. but nines are God given sandpaper for me to help me soften the edges and the speed. Oh, that's so good. So where did you hear about the Enneagram? Did you know you were a seven right away? Oh my gosh, you're going to love this. So maybe 2011, I, a friend of mine who's a therapist had, was sort of talking about the Enneagram. I didn't know what it was necessarily, but I knew the language. I knew it existed. And she had these books in her house and I was actually living with her and her husband for a little bit of time. And so I was living at their house and she had a book for kids about the Enneagram. And as I was reading it on the sevens page, Sarah Jane, it said, sevens can always think of other jobs they'd like to have. And I started (laughs) crying (laughs) because I thought I have lived my, at the time I was 30, I have lived my entire adult life thinking I was not content in my work because I could always think of other jobs. And I was like, are you telling me that my personality can just think of other jobs? Oh my gosh, such freedom. And so it made me cry. So that's how I, that is how I figured out I was a seven. Now I do, I've never thought I was anything else. I'm a very seven, seven. I, I do have some real, my, my eight wing is incredibly strong. Mm-hmm. My behaviors often look far more like an eight than a seven, but my motivation is always 70. So I don't, I've never thought I was the wrong number. My behaviors don't, if people just looked at what I did, they may not think I was a seven, but, uh, because I look and act like an eight, but I know my motivations are very 70. I think there are some wings that are so closely intertwined Ooh. that in behavior, they're almost it's like confusing. Like four, I think four and five are like that. And I think seven and eight are another one. Like eights and seven, eight wing seven and seven wing eight can almost look similar in, in presentation to me. Yes. Yes. I absolutely think so. I think that's really true. And it, cause that has been the only one where I've been like, are you just all the way sure you're a seven or are you just afraid to not be a seven because the world knows you're a seven, you know? <laughs> Like, because you are so publicly a seven, you have a podcast called That Sounds Fun. Your book is called That Sounds Fun. Like, are you stuck being a seven, even if it's not true? But the, but, but the motivation, which is what we're supposed to go with, right? It's mm-hmm. motivation, right. not behavior. And so the motivation is, I don't want to feel pain. I don't want to, you know, I want to get out of this. I don't want to sit in this. All that is seven stuff. Mm-hmm. And you, I mean, honestly, you described it perfectly. Like we, my motivation it looks like a seven. And then sometimes my behavior can be an eight or my behavior can a lot of times be an eight. I think that's for any number we connect to, like our lines to one in five, our wings. Mm. Um, but really in what's driving us, what's how we view the world is, is our number. Oh, Sarah Jane, when my, when, when I am unhealthy or I'm having unhealthy moments of my oneness uh-huh. of that, like, perfectionism, it is so apparent to me and my team, sadly. I mean, it is like, we see it because I hear in my head, what I hear in my head is, um, if I make a mistake, if anybody makes a mistake and what I hear in my head is like, you can't, no one's going to take care of this. No one's going to take care of you. If anything goes wrong, no one's going to take care of you. And, and so it's not that I'm 
concerned about the work being done. It just makes me feel incredibly lonely very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so, but my team can pretty much sniff out when I feel that too, unfortunately, though I'm trying to get better about it, but I do apologize when it happens. But I mean, I, I feel it in me of like, I'm alone in this and I'm not, I'm surrounded by a team who loves the work we do and, and enjoys being together. And, but my, but my Enneagram and my stress, when I get into stress, I feel alone. Hmm. is brought to you by Birdie. I'm sure many of you know the moment when you are walking alone and you keep your key between your fingers just in case, or maybe you take your time walking so that you can stay with a crowd instead of, instead of having to go down a road by yourself. Now, no matter where you are or what you are doing, you should feel safe. With Birdie, you can keep doing what you love with the added peace of mind. Birdie is a personal safety alarm designed to be easy to carry and simple to use. When you activate your Birdie with a quick pull, the alarm will emit a loud 130 decibel siren and flashing strobe lights to help deter an attack. Unlike pepper sprays or other deterrents, Birdie is no danger to you, so feel confident to use it without the worry. Birdie goes wherever you do. The alarm comes in multiple colors and has a brass keychain, so you can attach it to your keys or to your bag easily. Over 300,000 Birdie alarms have been sold, and they have thousands of five-star reviews. Join the flock today for a safer tomorrow. And good news, right now She's Birdie is offering our listeners 15% off your first purchase when you go to she'sbirdie.com slash egram. Go to She's Birdie, spelled S-H-E-S-B-I-R-D-I-E dot com slash E-G-R-A-M for 15% off your first purchase. That's she'sbirdie.com slash egram. And of course, that is going to be linked in the show notes for you. Thank you so much, Birdie, for supporting the podcast and helping us to feel safe. What's the story in that space? Like, what is the well, first of all, what is the thing that you feel like, okay, this is really going to trigger that move for me? Uh-huh. And what happens when you're there and how do you get out of it? Um, what triggers that move to unhealth in me and the move to stress is if something goes wrong, which is hilarious because we live on a planet where mistakes happen constantly and they should <laughs> because that means you're doing good work on the planet. If you're making mm. mistakes, it means you're trying new things and so when things go sideways, it was worse 10 years ago than it is now, I think. Mm -hmm. But when things go, so here's the real, <laughs> I'm just really telling you the stuff. Saturday. Here's the real tornado. Here's when the tornado happens is when my calendar is packed and mistakes happen by me or by someone, you know, I'm interviewing on a podcast or someone on my team or someone who's helping my team with something. Because if my calendar is already packed, I don't mm -hmm. have space the, the, it is a razor thin line that we have space to make a mistake mm -hmm. because of how packed my calendar is. Right. And so mm -hmm. when that happens, when my calendar is packed and I screw up, well, then I'm, then you might as well put me on the fast train to a one because, mm -hmm. because there's no, there's no bandwidth, there's no space. And so when, so what, the, and then what that ends up looking like is usually my behavior isn't terrible because I'm a grown up and I'm kind, but, 
but in my head, I am, well, I just have to handle this by myself and this is just me and, and mm. I'll just have to do it. And I can't trust anybody. I can't trust my family. I can't trust. I mean, it can get spiral fast. And the way I get out of it is I tell someone, you know, where I'll say, Hey, it's totally fine that I made that mistake. I'm allowed to make mistakes, but I need you to know when I make a mistake, I feel alone or, yeah. or what happened last week here at work is I, I felt stressed on Wednesday and I had to apologize to everybody on Friday or Thursday, whatever day afterwards. And, um, and so that's how I get out of it is, is kind of like, you got to tell somebody there's no like sit and breathe, have a moment because, because we don't have the moments to do that. Yeah. And so it's just like, and I, I think the other thing, Sarah Jane, is I say in my head, this isn't true. What you're hearing Oof. is not true. You are not alone. You have a team, you have friends, you have family. You are not alone in this life. You are okay. You know, like I just have to like almost play the opposite game with what I'm hearing in my head. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Man, I relate to that so much. It's creeping me out. <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> Good. That makes I, you feel less yeah. alone. Yeah. And I, sometimes I have to write down like data, uh -huh. like, like in my partnerships, especially I have to be like, this person did this nice thing for me on Tuesday. Yes. And then I can go back and read it and let me look at the evidence that I'm not alone, that I'm not in this on my own. Yes. Yes. That's mm -hmm. it. I mean, it is almost, I mean, that's why journaling matters for sevens. I think that's mm -hmm. why um, even pictures in my phone matter so much to me. It's just like, I have to remind myself through data, not, you know, that it's mm -hmm. not just, it's not just, well, I think they're on the team with me. You're like, no, they come to work every day. That's data. You know, like yeah, I have pictures yeah. of my friends. That's data. I have journal entries reminding me of this. That's data. So you're exactly right. That matters. Oh, that's so good. I... I think, can we keep talking about some sad stuff? Yeah, sure. I say with a smile on my Having face. Having a great time. <laughs> um, so I one thing I think we don't talk about enough is how lonely it can be to be the happy one. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I think that's true because that's, that is pretty much always the expectation mm -hmm. is when the seven shows up, now we can have fun. Mm -hmm. you know, like everybody's been waiting for the seven to show up to, cause what are we going to do? And I had someone message me just the other day and say, I feel like, I'm, and I, she didn't say she was a seven, but mm -hmm. uh, in my head, I thought, I bet this woman's a seven. Um, and she said, I'm always the fun initiator with my friends and family. And sometimes I just wish someone else would do it. Mm -hmm. And, and that is hard, but also Sarah Jane, so what? I mean, that's the reality that, yeah. that, that is that speaking of data, that's data. When yeah. we, people, it, people are going to expect that of us that, that will not change. You can, but you get to show up how you want to show up, but, but you're, that isn't going to go away. And so then you go like, okay, there's a couple of safe places where I don't have to be that. There's a couple of, there's a couple of times where I cannot go if I can't go and be who, who I am, you know, it's not performing. It's who you really are. That's mm -hmm. the line, right? You have to figure out when are you performing and when are you actually being you? If you're always performing, you got to quit that. But if you're really you and people are expecting you to show up and be the happy one, then show up like that until you can't and tell the truth or don't show up. Yeah. 
I love that, that like matter of fact, like, yeah, that's what it is. That's what we're working with. Yeah. Like, like I'm going to expect my three friends when they show up to a a meeting to have ideas like, Mm -hmm. but, but expectations aren't the problem. The problem is when, when you have expectations that aren't reality. Right. And when we build our lives around the expectations, uh-huh. like no one, just because people expect me to be happy doesn't mean that it's my job to fulfill those That's expectations. That's right. That's right. You which we are good at. And, are. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. It's, mm. it's it's very interesting. I, I I would wonder, this would be an interesting question for you to keep digging with, with other people you interview that are other types of like, what's the expectation you experience when you show up in a group of friends? Mm. Because I'd wonder, I'd be interested to hear the other expectations. Like, what did nines expect people to think when they show up? And what did ones expect people to think? Like, did the ones always expect us? Or did the ones always think we're expecting them to have the plan made? (laughs) Like, maybe, you know, like maybe because when I think about my ones, I think, well, they've already scouted out the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So, and are, you know, or is everybody expecting the nines to show up and not have an opinion? So we just make the decision for them. And are they always expecting you and me to show up and have a really fun plan in mind, even if we've had a hard day? Yeah. And it is like, how can we, I'm like, I'm like, and we're brainstorming here about ways to better, you know, I'm like, and it is kind of like, how can I release those expectations? Mm-hmm for the people in my life so that they can be more complex with me. Yeah, that's really great. It it, it is this mix of like, how do I release them? And Mm -hmm. uh, how do I release them? And how do I pay attention and be aware of them in a group? You know, how do I be aware of them in a way that makes them that, that I go, okay, my nines are going to feel like like when they show up, they're not going to have an opinion. So either A, I need to check in and see whether they do or don't have an opinion. You know, mm-hmm. like just being a little more thoughtful. Like I, I would, I do appreciate when I'm in groups and people say um, something to the effect of, yeah, that's how, I mean, Annie, do you have a plan that sounds fun or do you want us to pick the restaurant? Oh, that's so, that's such a beautiful sentence. Right. And then you kind of are given permission to be like, here's who we expected of you because we know you. But if you aren't her today, we have a backup plan. <laughs> Ooh, that's so good. I also like that you call you say like her, uh-huh. you know, like if you're not her today, because it is kind of like this person, you know, it's this other character in our life that we right. put in, you know, we put on, it gets us through. Uh-huh. Yeah. But I, I like that, like giving it almost separating it from our, for our, from our true essence yeah, a little that's bit. Right. That's right. But also, I, I think when you and I show up, we usually do have a fun plan. I mean, yeah. like, I can't pretend that's not me. It's not like they've put, right. everyone else hasn't painted me with a brush I haven't handed them. Oh, gosh. Right? <laughs> I mean, I'm the one who always shows up with a plan. So why am I surprised when people mm-hmm. expect me to show up with a plan? Yeah. When I don't have that to give, do I have people around me that will let me show up different mm-hmm. and let me not be her, you know? So... Yeah. And when, and can we still be, can we still like ourselves when we aren't? Yeah. Yeah. That's a whole, that's a whole question. Can, it's not about what will they let you show up as it's what will you let you show up as? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, I think it is like that, right? Isn't it that like back and forth dance? Oh, always. I mean, this is the, this is being a human. This is the rest of our lives. This is every day. We will get healthier. We will get better. 
But every day we're trying to figure out how to be our true selves with everyone around us, hoping they will still love us on the other side. That's it. Man. Annie. (laughs) <laughs> you brilliant being. God, stop it. You're just, we're just having a conversation. This is great. Yeah, it's so good. Um, are you ready for rapid fire? I yeah, can't girl. believe it. it feels like that was five minutes. I know. Same. I hope we get to do this again. I just love I love when you talk about Enneagram. So I'm all in. But yes, I'm ready for rapid fire. Let's go. Okay. Um, first book that comes to mind. Um, Christy by Catherine Marshall. Mm, okay. Favorite song. Um isn't she lovely? Oh, that is a good one. Yeah. Something you wish people knew about you. Um, gosh, what do I wish people knew about me? Um, I, you know, the first thing comes to mind, and this is very seven of us, um, of me on our behalf. Um, I wish, I always wish people knew that I was trying my best. Hmm. Dream day. What are you doing? Oh, dream day tomorrow. No, I don't know. <laughs> um, what am I doing on my dream day? I am drinking a Coke I see at a baseball game. I, with people that I love, I am sleeping late. I am eating pizza. I am, uh, the day it is a long day. It's like summertime. The sun is up for a long time. Hmm. I love that answer. Final meal, what are you eating? Oh, pizza and cookie cake, like a fifth grader. <laughs> and like, what just, kind of cookies and what kind of pizza? Oh, just plain pizza, just cheese. Just give me all the okay. cheese pizza. And because I can't really eat it, my body doesn't like anything that's in pizza. And, and so when I do it, it's like a calculated choice to be in pain. And so, <laughs> As I so I just if it's if I'm going out I'm going out hurt it really might be your final meal yeah I'm going out hurting because of the pizza and then I just want a big cookie cake with with uh, lots of icing Sarah Jane you're gonna love I I just can't wait to hear what you think about this the other day this will tell you my level of tired in the last couple of weeks because <laughs> this is a seven and tired <laughs> is I thought to myself I wonder if I could do a competition and see how much cookie cake I could eat. <laughs> I mean, is that not just the most tired thing to say? A non-sevens don't realize I'm not hungry. I'm not binging. I'm just tired. And when yeah. I, when we are tired, we want to escape. And one way I escape is cookie cake. So I was like, I wonder if I was in a competition. I was like, girl, you need a nap. You need a nap. Um, how, do you think that you could win that competition? I don't know. It depends on how tired I am. <laughs> I, I mean, I have a buddy who he and I, there's a couple of guys here in town that used to play baseball for Vanderbilt. So they're like, and then they were professional baseball players. So they're like athletes. And we used to always talk about how many donuts we thought we could eat. And uh-huh. they would always say, Annie, you think you could eat more than you really can. And I would always say, you're underestimating me. I think I would shock you both. <laughs> so I don't really know. I've never done it, but I'm very tempted. My brain really does think that I have more skills in the eating department than I have. Mm-hmm. Right. And I did try the like donut dozen donut challenge one time mm-hmm. and I ate like three donuts and I was so <gasps> embarrassed. And that was I- it? <laughs> I couldn't need anymore. I was like really gung ho too. Like I was like, I'm going in mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. I might have to give it a go again soon. I, I can't do that much like wheat, 
or like bready oh, things yeah. unless I have nothing to do the next day. So tonight might be the night. I'll let you know. <laughs> I feel like I should Please give it a try. Um, I, I would, I'm rooting for you, but also, you know, I, I, I'm not, I don't want to like peer pressure, <laughs> but you're like on my team about it, which I really appreciate. Yeah, and whatever you need me yeah. to be about. And this. I don't need to do, I don't need to have like a donut or a cookie cake competition once a week, but I figure like once in a lifetime, I could probably try. I'm really tempted. Yeah. I think that's a good idea. Thank you. <laughs> so our final question for you today is, do you have a food for thought? Something that the people listening can take home and just kind of ponder on a bit. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think let's go, we'll go back to what you and I have already talked about is this idea of savoring what you're living. So savor this. So my food for thought, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at my tattoo on my left arm as a, that says savor this as we're talking of, I just, I just wonder what, what we're trying to rush through today. What kind of joy are you rushing? What sadness are you rushing? What experience are you rushing that maybe if you slow down, there's something in it for you? Mm. So good. And if you want more of that, Annie has a book called That Sounds Fun. Can you tell us a little bit about where we can find that and where we can find you? Oh, yeah. Everything. It's just embarrassingly easy to find me, Sarah Jane. You know this. I'm Annie F. Downs everywhere, as in fun or fancy. Annie F. Downs. And on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, everywhere you may need me, that is how you can find me. And uh, the book, That Sounds Fun, is in all your favorite retailers. It's at your local bookstore, which is always my first stop. It's also at Target, which is really fun. There's a special edition at Target. Barnes and Nobles has some autograph copies. And then of course it's on Amazon. So wherever you love to buy books, you can find That Sounds Fun. Annie, I adore you. Thank you so much for joining. I feel the same about you. I'm so grateful we found each other on the internet. 